0: You the adventurer, yes you, do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power, a codex of untold stories and lore, or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to
1: get nerdy in here.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield.
2: And I'm Travis Beasley. So you guys, you finally finished the one-shot? Kind of. <laughs> the thing that's not generally supposed to be a one-shot that I turned into a one-shot. That turned into a three-shot. That turned into like a three or four-shot. Was it three or four?
0: Four. Four. It was supposed to be three, but we stupid. Well, to be I wouldn't be say fair, stupid. We're just... Not necessarily very intelligent or wise, depending on which character we're talking about. True.
2: Oh, um, possible spoiler alert for our little banter here for people that plan on playing The Curse of Strahd. If you do the murder house.
0: Yeah, that's what we did. Beginning, yeah.
2: that's what we did. And just to kind of turn it into like a little short burst of game so we had something to do in between.
1: Yeah, because right now, as we mentioned, we're we're kind of in between campaigns while Travis plans out our next one.
2: So... I saw the murder house or death house. I'm not, I don't remember which one. I it's think it was, I called. think it's
0: actually called death house. But we called it murder house. We called it,
2: yeah.
1: A la American horror story murder house. Yeah. Oh really? Was that
0: the joke? Oh, well I thought, I thought that was the joke. I'm,
2: yeah. I'm pretty sure that's why I wound up just saying murder house oh. over and over. I didn't and realize. could never recorrect myself.
0: I didn't realize that was the joke. <laughs> I think, eh. I think murder was, I guess I thought murder was just a funnier word than death. <laughs>
1: Murder is kind of a funny word. Like, it has a better, like, it, it's fun to say as opposed to death. It's just, like, a one-syllable hard consonant kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas murder, you have a lot more, like, ability to, like, draw it out and say it in diff-
2: Yeah, say it differently. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of both murder and a death house. True. Yeah, there was a lot of murder. There was a lot of death. There was a lot of attempted murder. And you guys got to meet the infamous Strahd. At the end of it. That as bitch. I would have portrayed him.
0: Y'all, I was losing my mind every time. Because there was like parts where you see like little hints or like, you know. You find, references. Like, a, references, like a letter that he'd written to the occupants of the house. And then like at the very end when like he showed up, I was literally losing my mind. And it was funny because like I was losing my mind. Taylor knew what was happening. But our other friend that we were playing with had no idea who
2: this guy was. <laughs> Now, him showing up at the end was not actually in the book itself. That was just something that I wanted to do as a closure thing for our little one-shot.
1: And also to drive Lewin insane. Also yeah. that.
2: Because it, it just sounded like fun to be like, oh, you escaped the house, and suddenly you're met by this man.
0: Also, can I just say, like, how extra of a gesture that was of him? To just, like, show up. Was he, like, was he waiting outside of the house, Travis and his stagecoach? Not
2: waiting, but he knew you guys went in there.
0: Or was he, like, scrying and saw that we were, like, in the foyer and was like, oh, shit, they're about to be out. Pull up, pull up. Go, (laughs) go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. go. (laughs) So that way he could, like, make his entrance. Strahd is so extra. Maybe he
2: could just read your minds and knew where you guys were.
0: Scrying, that's what I said.
2: Uh, scrying and reading minds is a little bit different. I
0: mean, it's a little different. He couldn't read our minds from that far.
2: Scrying, too. a lot of people can do. Reading minds is something that's harder. Harder, and kind of along the lines of like psionic abilities, which brings us into what we're talking about today. Oh shit! Psionics. Um, stuff that has psionic powers. Oh, the Iliad. Otherwise,
0: the, the the Iliad.
2: The Iliad. <laughs> I I love Greek. Otherwise known as the Mind Flayer.
0: Oh. Oh, those you guys. You know, the little tentacly... Yeah. Why things. What are they... Oh, there's just a lot of
1: tentacles. Yeah. like, the Abolets were... They have... Ten- uh, mind Flayers have tentacly faces.
0: They actually... Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, the first time I ever saw a picture of a Mind flayer, my first thought was like, oh... Evil ood from Do- Doctor Who. That
2: was my or, thought.
0: I've seen some the some that I think look more like that, but then there's also some that literally look like um like when Davy Jones was kind of growing it out.
2: Like oh, he wasn't yeah. full, had all of the He
0: wasn't full he wouldn't have been like full beard yet, but he had like it going, you know? He had some octopus beard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what some of them make me think of too.
2: Unfortunately, the Illithid's tentacles are a lot more deadly than Davy Jones or the Ood.
0: Unfortunately?
2: Or fortunately, I guess, depending.
1: I'm going to go with un just because I feel like I'm not going to like them based on the name Mindflayer and also literally anything I've ever seen about them.
2: It's going to get gross.
0: <gasps> I love it when it gets
2: gross, you guys. <sighs> yep.
1: So So is this going to ha- not have a surprising lack of tentacles? <laughs>
2: This will have a sufficient amount of tentacles. Mm, there's... N- sufficient for normal people. Okay, fair enough.
0: There's never a sufficient amount I of tentacles like no for tentacles me. I is a sufficient amount for normal
2: people. I mean, you're probably right. But these were created by Garrett Gygax himself. Woo! And hey, actually, I implore both of you to pull up Google right now. Okay. And you're going to look up the cover of this book. And anyone listening, if you're in a safe place to do so, look up the cover of this book. It's the cover art of the book called the, Bur- the Burrowers Beneath.
1: The Burrowers Beneath.
2: Yes. This is what he birds. drew his inspiration from, was the cover art. Oh. It's got the little tentacle things, like, shooting out of the ground.
1: Yeah, that's kind of scary. That's actually kind of horrifying. It kind of makes me want to read the book,
2: actually. Yeah. The Burrowers Beneath. I guess there were a few different covers. Oh, there's a film adaptation also. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I just wanted to look at the cover to see what I was dealing with. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, that's
0: the cover of the, that's the, nice. the film adaptation has no tentacles though. So it's less cool, but it's apparently cool. about the same thing.
2: Yeah. The Looks book itself was written by Brian Lumley. The cover was done by Tim Kirk. And like I said, depicts several like black tentacles shooting out of the ground. Yeah. That's where he gathered the inspiration for creating these mind flares. Or Illithid. I'm going to be using both of those terms. They're the same thing, just as a heads up. They first appeared in the official newsletter of the TSR Games, the Strategic Review Number 1. We've mentioned the Dragon Magazine a lot, and I think we've mentioned the Strategic Review a few times. Yeah. No, I think we have. At least a few. It's definitely been very few times. There's a lot of magazines. Oh, yeah. Uh, This was released back in the spring of 1975.
0: So... A while ago.
2: Yeah. Very um,
1: early on in Dungeons & Dragons.
2: Very early on. They were also released in a supplement called Eldritch Wizardry in 1976. This was for the original white box set of D&D.
1: Yeah, like what everyone pictures when you say old school D&D.
2: Yeah, just that original box that had like the, what, three books in it?
1: Yes, yes.
2: Now both of these things, the strategic review and Eldritch wizard- Wizardry. So that five times fast. Eldritch, uh, yeah, nope. <laughs> I am not even going to try it. Eldritch okay. Wizardry. Oh my lord, this is going to be fun. Uh, they depicted them as the same, so there's not much of a difference between the year that it was there. Right. Uh, they're super intelligent. They are man-shaped creatures.
0: So, so humanoid. humanoid. With their face situation. Yeah. Well, that was, that was creepy. A little bit. No, it was fine. I was just going to let it happen, but you had to stop and point it
2: out. They are of great and lawful evil.
0: Great evil?
2: They are of great evil, but they are lawful evil okay. as well. Okay,
1: so they're very evil, but they're also very lawful. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like, the way it was written was they are great, the little bracket thing
1: Ah, brain
2: oh. malfunction there. And then just, and lawful evil. Ah. Uh, so okay. So they're great evil because they were slavers. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's not good. But they are awful awful. They are, I mean, they they are, are awful. They sound awful, yeah. They are also considered lawful evil because they do have a hierarchy yeah, in they their have society.
0: A, they have a, a kind of modus operandi. Yeah. Yeah.
2: As we kind of already covered, their heads resemble kind of like small octopuses with four tentacles. And for anyone that wants to argue, Lewin, (laughs) I looked it up. Octopuses and octopi are both correct. Octopuses is actually the more accepted one for the pronunciation because octopus does not come from Latin. (gasps) It comes from Greek.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I don't. I don't know.
2: Greek. Do not even question me.
0: I didn't question you. I just <laughs> said it quietly. I know. I didn't I just
2: wanted to bring you. that up because I actually found that kind of cool when That I is that is,
1: that is because I've always, like, corrected people as it being octopi because, like, okay, this is going to say way too much about me. But I used to watch a lot of, like, nature documentaries about the deep ocean. And I always heard octopi. So then it surprised me when other people were saying octopuses. So, in conclusion, that's interesting. Hmm. And also... Scientists are a bunch of assholes, maybe.
2: I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's not that octopi is wrong. It's just... It's just different and depending, rather. I guess, if you're going with the, like...
0: Actual, like... Like how... It depends correct. on, I, I would imagine,
2: what you're trying
0: to say also. Like, there might be one that's more commonly used in, like, a scientific sense and then Versus that's like that's more... lingu- like, linguistics and, like, in a day-to-day, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, it's all Greek to me. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I got that reference.
0: Thank you for pointing it out.
2: (laughs) I understand a William Shakespeare reference.
0: Oh. Oh. Wow. Uh, I didn't know we were dealing with a high intellectual.
2: Oh, you are.
0: Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. What William Shakespeare have you
1: read?
2: So, uh, (laughs) when it comes to the tentacles, if it hits its whatever thing it's going after, its target, the tentacles can actually pierce through the skull to the brain, and it literally says it draws it forth for food.
1: Oh, okay. So,
2: tentacle hits, digs into your skull, and drags the brain forward so it can eat it.
0: Gotten like and, w- and flays your mind. Well, <laughs> like yeah, literally yeah. though.
2: Filet. It, it fillets your mind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, tentacle trepanation.
1: Well, I was actually thinking more of like an um, ancient Egyptian embalming
0: technique. Yeah, did they go oh, up could the you... nose? Yeah, going up the nose oh. or in the I ears? I mean, I guess
2: they could. It didn't specify. It literally just said it pierces through the prey's skull. So
0: also, I feel like I've seen I've seen depictions of mind flayers that have one would say shorter face tentacles. Mm-hmm. So like they gotta be like right up on you.
2: So they're basically like
0: smooching, eating, and That they're like in smooching range.
2: Yeah. You know?
0: I wouldn't want to smooch one.
1: Lewin does. I mean, I don't really. Lewin is curious about smooching them. I can tell that much. Well, I'm just saying, I think the visual is funny. The visual is funny.
0: Because it's not like you're being held at arm's length and they've got like an actual Davy Jones situation. It's like you're right there. No, they're literally like right on top
2: of your skull, just sucking the brain out. Which is a funny visual to me.
1: It is funny. While Mindflare's Are Are you are you stressing that so that uh no one accuses you of finding it sexy?
0: Well, no, I was actually using it to point out that that I think somebody having their brain sucked out of a hole in their skull is funny and that's kind of messed up, but Oh. Yeah, that's fair.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. Anyway. So while Mind Flares are not actually magical creatures, they do have a very high resistance to magic. Ninety percent. Oh. In fuck game you. statistics. That's
1: insane. No, oh, fuck you. Yeah, I guess. They
2: are 90% resistant. This was, of course, back in the early days, but honestly, that doesn't change much throughout. Like they, they, they still remain have a... resistant to magic. Uh like I said, they are psionically endowed. Yes, endowed. Endowed. I liked the way that it phrased it in the book, so I had to go with that. Psionically endowed. hmm But they only have one actual psionic attack that they'll use. And it is Mind Blast.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
2: They only speak their own like weird arcane language and several other like strange tongues, but they don't generally speak common and even if they do, it's a very rare time for them to actually speak out loud. I'll touch a little bit on that one later.
0: Are they telepathic?
2: Yes. Okay.
0: And hmm, Travis says I'll touch on that later and I immediately well, ask a question about it.
2: There's a, a little bit about more it,
0: to it. And I immediately ask a question about it. <laughs>
1: i have more information on that later. No,
2: now. now. <laughs> so there's really only one big difference between the strategic review and Eldritch Wizardry. hmm And that's in that the strategic review, it says the creatures of different intelligence levels are affected by the mind blast differently. So basically, if you're 18, if your intelligence is 18,
0: mm-hmm. 18
2: it or causes permanent insanity. Oh, Cool. Seventeen, it causes you to have a feeble mind. Fifteen to sixteen, you enrage for seven turns. Thirteen to fourteen, it confuses you for five turns. Eleven to twelve, you get stunned for three turns. Eight to ten is sleep for one hour. Five to seven, you go in a coma for three days. And three to four, or lower if you manage to have one, is death.
1: So you really want to be in that sweet spot middle area.
2: Yeah. Yeah, If you're too intelligent, it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. If you're not intelligent enough, it's it's going to kill kill you. you.
0: See, I thought it was going to hit a point where some spells, like in 5th edition, um, one of which I was using all the time... In our one shot, like if a creature has under a certain intelligence, just doesn't affect
2: it. Yeah. That's where I thought we were going. That's what I thought, too. But no, like <coughs> high intelligence, it messes with you. You get a little lower. It doesn't do as much. And then you get too low and it just kills you. Kills you.
0: But like, though, to be fair, there is still no, there's no area where it doesn't do, do anything, anything or yeah. doesn't do something super debilitating. Yeah.
2: It just kind of like, uh, puts you to sleep. All right.
0: Well, but still, sleeping for an hour—it's like then it's just going to munch on your brain while you're asleep. Well, that's true. You I know, mean, like not... you better hope that you're not alone. I don't want to be. A, yeah. I don't want to be asleep for uh, like a hundred rounds of combat. I don't want to be
1: asleep at all near this thing.
2: No, I wouldn't either. There was an article called "The Ecology of the Mind Flayer," which was featured in the Dragon magazine number seventy-eight in nineteen eighty-three. So I had to read through this article a little, like, carefully and have to basically kind of, like, decode what it's saying. Because the article was written as a narrative where there was, like, this full group of adventurers sent out messages into the astral plane asking for anyone who had information on the Mind Flayer to come (laughs) and answer their call Mm -hmm. for gold in exchange for gold. Okay. So this whole thing was basically written as, like... Someone asks a question, the thing that comes to them answers in game terms. So I kind of had to decipher it a little bit. Right. Which,
0: can I just say, really is an awesome way to do that, even if it like requires some like deciphering. Oh, it was an on,
2: amazing thing to read. Like, yeah, I think part. anyone needs, if you can find it, which it's not terribly hard to find online because they're very old magazines. People have yeah. put copies on there. I won't even deny it.
0: But yeah, like that's that's a really cool way to frame it. Instead of just like putting up something that's like,
2: oh yeah, this is this and um, oh, yeah. it was really cool. It really kind of like brought you into the setting. setting. Yeah. So someone appeared by simply fading into the room. Oh, that's not spooky at all. Yeah, uh, the stranger was a member of the Githyanki, which is a race from the astral plane <laughs> that was actually once enslaved by the Mind Flayers. Yeah. That sounded familiar. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure several people will actually know, because whenever I read the name, I was like, that seems familiar. So they asked uh, this Githyanki several questions to try to like get their weaknesses and what they do and stuff. So right. this is just a little information that I compiled from that. First off, they are not from any known world. They, as far as anyone knows, simply traveled through different planes. They traveled through different planes. And they've been traveling so long that I guess even the Mind Flayers don't remember where they came from in -hmm. this particular Mm -hmm. setting and Mm -hmm. in this earlier time. And basically what they do is they'll search through numerous planes trying to find the next one that they will conquer and enslave.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. well, that sounds about right.
2: Once they find one, they'll send a whole horde of them into this realm and just be like, yep. Let's go and enslave all these people with their psionic abilities. This is ours
0: now.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. And colonialism.
2: A <laughs> 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 little bit. Just a little bit. It was oh, uh, colonialism. <laughs> it was believed that their home plane was anti-magical, which is why they are also anti-magical. Kind of seems like they just carried this trait with them. Mm-hmm. Right. By growing up in whatever world they came from, they had this anti-magical ability. Mm-hmm. They have solid white eyes with no pupils. Cool. They focus light uh, differently due to this. So a sudden burst of light will cause them to go temporarily blind. This is something that I thought kind of funny because I guess in this story, the Githyanki people have studied and dissected mind flayers in their eyes and stuff to try to figure out how they work. Right. They found out that if you cast a magical light spell on their eyes, it actually causes them to go into spasms.
0: Oh, oh, huh! Magical epilepsy. Well, d- yeah, yeah, <laughs> sounds like.
1: Also, <laughs> I, I I don't know why the image of these uh, githyanki s- scientists just pleases me so much. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, and they're like, a m like they got a mind flare, like corpse on like the table.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just, a very Doctor Frankenstein appearance. Yeah, it, it is oh, kind good.
2: of an interesting visual. visual. Hmm. Um, like I said, they can read minds, but they can't actually distinguish what the thoughts say. Huh, what 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 does that mean? Just cues? So basically, they can read minds. They they read each other's minds, and they'll talk to each other that way. That's how they communicate. Okay. But when it comes to reading the minds of others. <clears throat> They The only reason they really do this is to determine if there's an intruder in their city or something. They'll be able to get this weird jumble of... Uh, so it's like a... Signal, basically. Yeah. And they know that this is not one of ours. They should not be here. Where are they?
1: So it's like the only thing that they can actually interpret, like, is an an actual intentional signal. Like, yeah. Something that is... Inten- it's like if you're on the wrong radio station, uh, that's like just one off from a major from like the, what the one you're trying to be, and it, it you can hear like little snippets of it's like, like talking, discernible. but. Mm-hmm. Th- Everything else just indiscernible and just sounds like static and w- wavy and weird.
2: Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. And that's then, so, basically what they hear if they're trying okay. to read the mind to someone else because they don't know common.
0: So um, like a mind flayer couldn't read the mind of an opponent to try to discern their weaknesses or their strategy. They would just hear they would, jumble.
2: Yeah, they would just hear jumble and they would know that they're there. Yeah. And it's, that's kind of about it.
0: It's basically not much more than, like, a surface-level, like, detect-thought spell. Yeah. Really. Hmm. That's very interesting.
2: Yeah. It makes sense, though. And if it wasn't obvious at this point, because they do like to enslave people, they kind of see themselves as the master race. Hmm. Where all other races Ooh. are below them. Mm-hmm. Um, they do actually eat the brains of their enemies, too. Like Just I said. Just a little side note. Nice and they think of this as symbolic, Hmm. <laughs> How it's, so? It's symbolic in the sense that that kind of shows domination, because to them, the mind is everything.
1: Okay, so it's kind of like...
2: Great... Our mind is stronger than yours, so they devour the brains of lower beings because... Why not? Their brains are stronger. They think the brain is just...
1: it. it it's... It reminds me a lot of like uh, warriors who would eat the hearts of their enemies, like and their uh or or their prey or something like that. Yeah,
0: and sometimes that, that comes from a place of like they they believe it like actively empowers them and makes them stronger, but in this case it's more like it's a it's a symbolic show of like how they've conquered and like how they're better. Yeah. Exactly. Or they just really like brains. Maybe that too. They could they're, be a maybe they maybe they're tasty. I don't know. I've never eaten brains.
1: I've heard not good things. Not human brains obviously, but I've heard not good things
0: about animal brains. Right. Runny. I've heard that.
2: Their tentacles have bony ridges on them that cut at the flesh when they strike. That's how they're able to pierce bore into the brain basically. In game terms, I think it's that it takes, like, three rounds if you can't detach it for it to bore into your brain. And once it gets there, you're dead. Okay. Because it... It's yeah. in your brain. Yeah. It's in your brain. That's, that's your brain. <laughs> you need that. You need that. Uh, they live in cities in the Underdark, but... Of course they do. Yeah. Each world only has one major illithid city. So and they're then, very, inter- like, bit. Big on community. Right. And then they do have, like, numerous smaller outposts throughout the Underdark or whatever. But they only have, like, the one major city. They have city. one major city that's mostly illithid with their slaves. Also, they make friends with were <laughs> What? <laughs> Beholders. Okay. okay. Fair enough. And Grimlocks. Which what? Grimlocks are basically just giant underground trolls. Okay. 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 Hmm. Uh, they use the Beholders and the Grimlocks as, like, guards to their cities and everything. It's like those, especially Beholders, are ones that they don't consider to be below them because the Beholder spheric. is very strong-willed. Like, right, yeah. Like, their minds are about equal. Grimlocks, they kind of just use the Slaves.
1: Right, I mean that yeah. makes
2: sense. They'll enslave them and other races, use them to build their cities, and then murder them after they're done with them.
0: Good deal. Yeah. Good. We, we've heard of that methodology a lot. <laughs> yeah, especially oh, with wow. some of the
1: uh, more uh, mysterious far, far realms, far realms, far realms type, type people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, something that I also found really cool, and this is incredibly rare, but can still happen. Sometimes these cities will also house devils and rakshasas. Oh. Okay, that's a
0: terrifying,
2: like, combination.
1: Yeah, all of those together sounds like
2: hell, actually. Can you imagine being tasked with killing a rakshasa, finding out that it lives in an illithid city that is guarded by beholders, grimlocks, and were-rats? Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Uh Uh-uh. In the Underdark. Fuck this shit, I'm out. (laughs) All right, then. And all of the creatures, the werewats, the beholders, and the Grimlocks have one small thing in common. These are races that the Illithid will not eat. Why? Mostly, at least when it comes to the beholders, it's because they're smarter. I think the Grimlocks, they... They know that they need them. They're aware that they are... Because Mind Flayers are weak. Right. Physically, they are weak beings. hmm They use their mind, and that's about it. If you can get to them and attack them, they're... Fairly easy to cut down, you just have to get away from their mind. But they need powers. something like that for labor, essentially. Right, and were rats are kind of just their pets. Prions. Oh,
0: oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was wondering because you didn't mention a second ago the specific relationship they have with were rats. So I was thinking, huh,
2: they make friends with them, and I guess they're kind of like their pets and their friends.
0: See, I feel like maybe the wear rats don't think of it that way, maybe, but, maybe. The, but the mind flayers kind of do. And
2: it's mutually beneficial, so the wear rats probably aren't going to question it.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure my dog thinks that we're just like buddies,
2: <laughs> but, you know. And just a very kinda, small aside, are. I didn't want to go too far into this because there's enough information on Illithid that I'll probably do a second episode. Naturally. Uh, there was a very horrifying thing released in uh, second edition. hmm The Mind flayer Lich.
1: Oh, no. <laughs>
2: Which was basically just an illithid with limited forms of liches. Oh, my God. It was a lich Mind Flayer. I
1: don't yes. Like it. I don't like it. I love it. I hate it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So as far as their actual origins go, Illich the... which is kind of going to be the rest no. of the uh, conversation here is just their origins, mm-hmm. because there's been several sources that released several different origins throughout the Yay! years that have some of them have conflicted meanings and conflictions just inside of them in general. But they were all canon at one point, at least. Right. And I guess depending on which one the DM wants to choose would be canon for that, or they can make yeah. their own. Yeah. Or it's what like if you're
0: you're playing this edition, then this is what's or, supposed to be. Or, or like maybe they're all
2: rumors. They could all be rumors.
0: Yeah. Because we've already we've already heard from this particular iteration that they're not even 100 percent sure where they're from. So yeah.
2: Right. And basically, this all starts from 2e. So, from second edition on is when you start getting, like... These really conflicting... More solidified, yet still conflicting origins. Okay. Back and forth between the editions. Right. Cool. So, the first thing we're going to talk about is it comes from something called the Illithiad, which was, We're getting uh,
1: real close to just saying Iliad.
2: Which was yeah. a source book. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking God. Yep. <laughs> For second edition.
0: Okay, but I mean, like, props to the person that made that title, but, like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're getting kind of close to it. But before I go into this, we're gonna go ahead and take our break.
1: oh
2: nah. man! Second half is just gonna be origin story. Yay, and it's fine. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but you know how it is. We had to throw in our little ad break here. Plus, this gives us a good time to take a few minutes to get a drink and maybe have a snack. Recording the episodes can take a lot out of us, you know? So, uh, you just get me, because currently Taylor and Lewin are both sick, so we couldn't get all together to do the ad break, so I'll try not to make it last too terribly long, alright? First things first, please follow us on our Twitter and our Instagram, at Dungeonpedia. Instagram, we like to post uh, pictures with our teasers just to maybe give you a little something more to think about. We also like to post behind the scenes things, little funny bits that we might come up with. Pictures of our recording studio which at the moment is definitely in need of renovation, but I'll save that for later. Our Twitter we like to just, you know, post teasers, post when our episodes to go live, random questions or thoughts that we might have throughout the day, you know, just Random things, things that Twitter is good for. If you have a Tumblr, please remember to follow us there at dungeonpedia.tumblr.com. That platform is mostly just used for sharing D&D art. We like to get into the D&D community, see what the artists are like, and uh, get a few good things going there. If you have any comments, complaints, suggestions, you know, anything that won't fit in a Twitter post or that you just want to email us directly to and we can reply directly to you, You can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. We have received several letters and we just can't thank everybody enough for that. I love the fact that people are getting into this and that we're obviously doing a, I'll say a decent job nonetheless, at trying to get this lore podcast up and running. We like to spread lore to people and, most importantly, try to get people interested in more of the the behind-the-scenes things in Dungeons & Dragons. It's just... There's so much lore that this game has been based off of. It's just, it's amazing. So if you have any comments or anything like that, go ahead and email us and we will look into it and more than likely do an episode of it if we can find enough information. We do apologize if it takes us a little while to respond to you. As we've said before, we are night people, so generally we don't want to reply to someone in the middle of the night just in case it happens to wake them up, but we try our best. So, since you're actually just listening right now, and provided that you're in a safe place to do so, please don't do this when you're driving, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That would be fantastic. It'll notify you before anybody else whenever our episodes go live. Generally, we upload our episodes at about 7 or 8 in the morning, but I like to wait until about noon or 1 to kind of post to our social media, just because at that point everybody's kind of awake and around you know, some people just don't wake up that early. So if you want to get notified first and be one of the first to get in on the new hip and exciting lore that we post, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You can also rate us on iTunes. That is the greatest platform to rate us on. It helps us greatly to kind of jump through the ranks and Maybe get a little more people to notice us. You know, there's a lot of D&D stuff coming out and a lot of great content. We're just hoping that we kind of rank somewhere up there with some of the great content that's coming out. So if you could rate us, leave us a review, that would be just fantastic. If you don't want to do that, and I understand if you don't, just spread the word. You know, having just a conversation with your friends and D&D happens to come up, just, you know... Shove our name out there. Just let them know what we are, what we're about. Word of mouth is a very, very powerful way to spread the knowledge of new things that pop up. So, you know, just spread the word that way, and man, that would just be fantastic. We just uh, always have to throw in a thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. Like we said, he's a very good artist. He posts a lot of fantasy type music that you can use for free he does leave the option to tip him so if you want to do that that's i'm sure he would just be greatly appreciative of that but i think i've kept my rambling more or less to a minimum i don't have moon or taylor here to keep me in check so i can probably do what i want but for now i'm gonna let you get back to our episode so i hope you enjoy okay Conflicting
0: origin stories.
2: Conflicting origin stories. Hit, hit me with those. From 2nd edition, the illithid <laughs> Such a good name, though, I by know. the way. I know I already said that, but Jesus. According to this, they have appeared as far back as any credible histories that have been written. Credible. Credible. Texts that make no mention of other races still mention the Illithid at some point or another. Hmm. hmm. In this book, it is theorized that they came from the Far Realm.
0: Yeah, which is where Aboleth came from. Beholders, if
2: I'm correct. Yes, and several other creepy, creepy, darker creatures. Creepy. Creepy. Um, For those that are not fully aware, the Far Realm is basically a realm or a plane of pure madness that is situated very, very far from the standard cosmology of the planes. Hence the name. Yeah. Yeah, the Far Realm. So, I guess they kind of just space traveled in a sense.
0: Um, well the the if I remember correctly from what I read about the Abeles is that the way the far realm functions is it's that like it's a bunch of layers on top of each other and they're kind of permeable
2: and shifting. So I would imagine it's pretty easy to move through and then especially since they have psionic powers, they probably just, like, was able to open a portal or something through one of those permeable...
1: Right. ...membranes and
2: and just just go. go. Yeah. There is a sorcerer known as Eno Hawken who is credited with being the first and only mage to initiate and return from a temporal slide. Basically, he was trying to get through this temporal shift just to see where it would go right Mm -hmm. after he came back he started telling stories of going to what he called the outside the far realm just another name for it basically Mm -hmm. in which he saw these tentacled creatures of alien-like physiology so they kind of speculated that the outside was the same place as the far realm and that's where he wound up right Mm -hmm. and Oh, it didn't last long when he saw all these fucked up creatures. No. He was
0: like, bye. <laughs> bye I bitches. sure as hell wouldn't have. Yeah. And also, curiously, did not go insane. Yeah. Which most people that go to a the A lot of people did are. credit
2: him with being insane when he came back because of the way he talked. So, oh, well, never mind. He might have gone insane.
1: Or then. maybe it's just a speculation that they go insane because they talk about these, uh, horrifying creatures that they see beyond and the things that they see can't possibly be
0: real i mean it would probably disturb me enough to have some legitimate problems but okay
2: that too yeah but also i mean after making these claims he kind of lost his credibility and yeah. faded into obscurity yeah. faded into obscurity it was just type kind of,
0: of type of situation yeah okay well that's that, sucks. that does sucks never mind i spoke too <laughs> soon
2: there's another theory that comes from the Astramundi Chronicles. Basically, mm-hmm. it's a tome that attempted to explain their origins more authoritatively. Mm-hmm. This theory says that they were a race of bastard children. Okay. That were hidden beneath the world by their whatever the hell bored them, I guess. <laughs> Bound by their hate for their creators, they mastered mentally laden powers. That resulted from their mutant heritage. So, whatever the hell they were bastards of, they had this mental capability that underground they just slowly mastered over time. Right. And eventually rose up, destroyed their creators, and took the name of one of their heroes and became the Illithid race.
1: Hmm. I like that.
2: The Illithids, and this remains the same throughout everything, are apparently hermaphroditic and amphibious. Sick.
1: Okay. I could see the amphibious.
0: Yeah, I mean
2: yeah, tentacle. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess they're also hermaphroditic.
0: That's pretty cool. I mean there's I've a never whole other scene proof of that, but I can believe it.
2: Yeah, there's a whole other thing on their life cycle. Mm-hmm. That, again, I'm not covering in this episode. That'll be a future episode. <gasps> do they have babies? They do.
0: <gasps> Can you imagine a little baby pie? No, I looks don't like, want to. It looks like a little cuttlefish. Oh,
2: okay, that's cute. That's cute. I'll, I'll just let you continue to think that.
0: Before they learn hate. Before they learn <laughs> Um... Because hate's Todd. It's not inborn. Do they have genders, or are they all... Just kind of like, eh? Like,
2: monogendered? They're just monogendered. They're just okay. hermaphroditically... They're
0: just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, sure. Whatevs. Okay, that's pretty um, cool. If I remember correctly... And their babies look like petal fish.
2: Because I knew I wasn't going to be able to cover it, I didn't look too far into it. If I remember correctly, they do lay eggs. I
0: wonder if they do like octopi do, because let me just tell you, the way octopi do is kind of gross. Hmm.
2: Anyway, in three point five, there was another origin that was introduced in the Lord of Madness book. Ooh, or Lords of Madness. It's either Lord or Lords. It might have been Lords.
0: I feel like Lords. Lords. I think I've heard of Lords of Madness. Yes, familiar.
2: The keyboard on this uh, laptop is kind of difficult to type on sometimes, so some letters just don't go. And if I'm typing really quickly, I don't uh, yeah.
0: Notice.
2: notice. Yeah, especially when it's not like a misspelling. Yeah, I, a... Um, In the book, and from something called the Sargon Prophecies, the, the Sargon Prophecies, prophecies. 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 <laughs> <laughs> are you okay, Travis? No, <laughs> the Sargon Prophecies the Ilithid are from a future where they were facing extinction from an unknown adversary.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
2: So now we've introduced this weird sort of time travel thing. Into it? Yeah. As the last few Ilithid were trapped in the cities and their defenses were falling, they made one final and desperate act to survive. They sacrificed countless ancient potent elder brains. <gasps>
0: What? What? <laughs> what the fuck?
2: So I knew I was gonna have to go over this a little bit. The elder brain are the final stages of a mind flayer's life cycle.
0: Hell yeah! Okay. Um, are they just big brains? Yes. With tentacles?
2: They don't oh, have tentacles. God They're just damn it. giant brains. Damn it. Um, Doctor Who. Uh,
0: First
2: of all? the the big brain thing that was like in the vat or in the like liquid brine thing. What? there, there was, was literally the only thing I can think of is the face of Bo. The was, face like, of Bo. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's what
0: you're talking about? Yes.
2: Sorry. I was in.
0: Okay. So, I okay, good. <clears throat> you
2: were in description mode. Yes. Yeah, so, I was about
0: to be like, well, the only thing I can think of
2: is the face of Bo. Yeah. So, basically, the face of Bo, in a sense. Yeah, except They just were a brain, giant. A yeah. They were giant brains that lived in, like, this weird brine-filled pool that generally stayed in, like, the middle of the city. And they helped with their psionic powers to guide the community with their thoughts. They were kind of, they're kind of the ones that are in charge Mm -hmm. before they die. Like, you get to this Elder Brain stage, if you live to this Elder Brain stage, Mm -hmm. that's what you become. You become an Elder Brain. Right. And that's just kind of like the final stage. Mm -hmm. So they sacrificed several of these ancient Elder Brains that produced the psionic maelstrom... Maelstrom? Maelstrom. Maelstrom. Wow, I don't know what the hell happened with my... Maelstrom. maelstrom. <laughs> the psionic maelstrom of unimaginable proportions. Oh, my. The energy that came off of this was so powerful that it demolished the very laws of time. Oh, damn. The illithid and literally all that remained of their civilization were hurled backwards across time and wound up on the material plane mm-hmm. in your campaign setting on that world, but two thousand years prior to whatever was happening. Whatever oh. was happening. Sick. That's how the Ilthid are explained in three point five as to being in your world. That was a universally used throughout all campaigns three point five explanation. Okay, mm-hmm. I like that. That was actually kind of one of my most favorite theories that I saw. Yeah, I like something that's like
1: it doesn't matter what your campaign is, what your campaign setting is, this, you can just
2: do this. Yeah, yeah, this is where they came from.
0: Maybe they evolved from octopi. Like octopi crawled out of the water like people. Maybe and then they grew hands and, that, and stuff. That would make
1: sense because octopi can be yeah, they're or really octopuses st- can be freaking terrifying. No, they're beautiful. Okay. But they're also super intelligent, and they will take over one day.
0: And I'll, and and I will. I will welcome it. I mean, I will welcome our octopi overlords.
2: So far, the illithid are kind of that, except
0: four tentacles instead of eight. Now, oh yeah. So I don't know, but still,
2: still it, it's, it's, not, it's not like
0: it, it's not like it said that illithid were advanced like humans or whatever. They were right. just like this race that. That existed, right? Mm-hmm. And, and
1: got knocked into this realm. Yeah. Right. Okay.
2: They've existed for as far back as time goes in some, and then in 3.5, 2,000 years prior to what they were. Mm-hmm. Yada yada. So on, so forth. But they're old and powerful as all get out. Yeah. Yeah. In 4th edition, it is again suggested that the Illithid came from the Far Realm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. And that they also... <laughs> came from the future
0: okay okay
2: so um, in the future they kind of took both of the theories from second edition and 3.5 and kind of combined them
0: okay
1: i like that
2: and fourth edition this is also again coming from the sargon prophecy prophecies (laughs) (laughs) the prophecies um the tablets the tablets of the Sargon prophecies suggest that there was a breaching event that caused the ancestors of the Mind Flays to enter from the outside. So there was this, and that's kind of what we explained earlier, basically some sort of, like, they breached from the far realm and wound up in, in your campaign, campaign. And there's not anything new... For fifth edition. That's kind of where it stops okay. as far as their origins. And okay. so
0: you said this was introduced in fourth edition, yes. this sort of combination. And these were the people that enslaved the gnomes, right?
2: <laughs>
0: in fourth edition, huh? Yeah?
2: No. Oh, okay. Aww. Gnomes were not slaves, damn it.
0: That was a joke, by the way. I, I didn't figure that they did, but I just wanted to upset
2: Travis. Rude. So, throughout, like, all of the additions, there were several variants right. mentioned, and I was going to touch very briefly on this just because it's kind of cool. There was the Lich variant, Jesus, and then there was at one point a vampiric <laughs> I was, illithid. I was literally going to say vampire. There was a you. vampire illithid. Oh my
0: God. All of your jokes are real. Stop it. I should have said that one, though, because that would have been too... Shouldn't have held that one in. Yep. Nope. I mean, aren't well the thing? Okay. What I what I wonder, and you maybe actually have an answer to this. Do they need to eat brains, or do they just do it? Like, what do they eat?
2: Crustaceans. So they need both fresh blood and fresh brains to survive.
0: Okay, so they do need
2: to eat brains. They also. do need to eat brains. They're they not just a cultural thing. They're hyper intelligent zombies. Yeah, they're undead mind flayers. Oh, they're undead. Yes.
0: Oh. In this case, the oh, vampiric... Oh, well, the vampiric ones. Oh. Oh,
2: you're talking about regular illithids? I'm talking about in general. No, they, as far as I saw, they don't need brains to survive, but they eat them anyway. Okay. Okay. So... Sorry, the vampiric illithids need fresh blood and brains. Okay. So I kind of wonder how their society goes. Right. They just have a fresh supply of food sitting in a... Warehouse somewhere.
1: No, actually, I I can guess how that goes. (laughs) They
2: probably just farm. Farm from their slaves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, but, like, that's actually probably what they probably find, like, some of the weakest slaves, and that's probably what they're used for. Yeah. Just food.
0: Baby factory. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The origins for the Vampire guild that are more or less unclear. It is known that they can't actually create spawn, so May, are they plus. are plus.
0: Yeah. Are they literally illicit that get eat or not eaten, excuse me, bitten by vampires?
2: The only possible a- origin that was given was in a Ravenloft adventure called Thoughts of Darkness. In which vampires and illithids collaborated together. Oh, fuck. And used something called the apparatus. Oh, yeah, that thing. To create the first vampiric illithid. (sighs) So they just did some weird science? Kind of. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. And they are very hated. Oh, you don't say. And feared by the typical illithid. Oh, interesting. Like, they both hate them and fear them. I'm not sure why. Maybe their powers are a little bit different. I didn't look too far into it. Yeah,
0: I mean, they might have also abilities inherent in their vampire.
1: Also, if you happen to think of yourself as a master race, it doesn't matter if someone is actively bettering themselves by doing something like that. The
0: the image of mixing is bad. That's true, too. And also, like, if you think about it, like, we, we think of vampires as being, like, a completely different entity... But, like, at what point, because, you you'd like, especially in this sort of world where there's, like, multiple sentient races that all have their own societies and stuff like that, at what point would we not be simply thinking about, like, vampiric humans? Because that's what vampires in our world would be. Right. Is vampiric humans, so. And we probably wouldn't like them if they were
2: real. True. Yeah, so the elephant don't like their vampiric... Counterparts. Counterparts. Alternatives. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Kind of crazy. But that's about all of the origin information that elephants have. Kind of seems it's more or less they came from the Far Realm, and at some point, maybe they time-traveled, maybe they didn't. They ended up here somehow.
1: And they're not happy about it, and we're not happy about it.
2: Yeah. I don't know. They seem to be pretty happy about it, because they just get to go through and... Dominate these lesser minds and make slaves.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. But I think it is kind of funny that their their physical weakness is so pronounced because it's like... You could just punch one of them.
2: Punch if you can get close to it. Exactly. Without it mind-blasting you to death, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair enough. So that's their only... Well, I mean, we need I to mean, do a psionic episode. Honestly. Yeah, they we'll have just...
2: other means of fighting, but their only psionic attack is a mind blast.
0: Yeah, they still have their good old, like, telepathy. Right. They're yeah. like, communicating with each
2: other via telepathy and all that, but... And they basically use their mind blast to, if someone's charging at them, hit them with this mind blast and cripple them, basically.
0: Yeah. So I'll they'll... get to you later, but for now, sleep. Yeah, yeah they'll stay. F- they'll <laughs> fall asleep or die or you know get stunned or whatever
2: whatever something or die or just die well
0: hopefully your party member none of your party members would have a low enough intelligence to put them in the range where they would just die but you know
2: things happen you
0: never know sometimes you want to play a barbarian and then things happen true
2: i can think of one such case example yeah one such case
0: i don't think he was stupid enough to
2: die he did go into a coma, though.
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oops. I yeah. didn't know that because I haven't listened
2: to that. Grog has had a lot of issues. They and won't... his intelligence. And his intelligence. Yeah. It was an issue. It was Is basically he got mind blasted by a mind flayer and went into a coma until they managed to raise his intelligence back up.
0: Yeah. Mind blasted. <laughs> Get mind blasted.
2: <sighs> and on that note, I'm going to go ahead and say that's all I've got. I'm sorry. I was, I was
0: trying to hold that one in, but the fact that you specifically used the word mind blasted again, I was
2: like, you know what? Here we are. Well, I'm proud of you for lasting the, what are we at now, like 50-ish minutes to...
0: <laughs> yeah. To Listen.
2: To throw
0: it out there. Listen, restraint is not my strong suit, but I can do it sometimes.
2: Hmm. <laughs>
1: Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on our various social media platforms Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, LinkedIn. No, no. Nope. We make that joke every time, but. Still,
2: no. Uh, Sorry, I just panicked.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was like, what else do we have? And then that turned into, what other platforms are there? And I just said LinkedIn.
2: That's about all we got.
1: Subscribe to us on your various podcast players, iTunes, etc. Tell your friends. Yes. Tell your friends. Spread the word.
0: Um, if you have anything you want to suggest to us as a topic to cover, um, we, and you can also bully us to do our episode entirely on psionics because psionics is cool. Um, you can contact us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com we've received a lot of lovely feedback recently.
1: Thank you guys yeah it's been great. It has
2: been it's been very awesome to read the fact that people are actually enjoying our little nerdy banter about different things things. from D&D. Yeah and
0: we've got some uh, requests that people have sent in through their in the bank don't worry we will do them you know we just don't necessarily want to Want that to dominate, like, everything for, like, a month.
1: Yeah, and, like, also, we want to do it justice and take our time. Like, yeah, sometimes it's not just one week of research. It's, I know that I have an episode coming up in a few weeks, and I'm going to be doing research
2: for, like, two or three weeks.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. but, you know, we, we appreciate all the feedback and all the suggestions and ideas and stuff that we get. So if it Thank takes you. a
2: month or two for your suggestion... To come out. We've seen it. We've seen it. I'm sure we've replied to you and we apologize for how long it takes. But, you know, like Taylor said, we're going to do it justice and try to get the information that we can, the cooler information, the better information that we can get out of it.
1: Especially for some of the topics that require like actually like reading a book
2: oh man there were a few things that i ran into with this research that i bounced back and forth if i was gonna do it but i don't have time to read literal books i hate reading to get information (laughs) you do not hate reading i
0: can't read
2: so thank you all once again for listening and we will catch you next week right here on dungeonpedia
0: get my blasted